Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hello friends and family, welcome to the Adoption Chronicles and first of all I should be saying Happy Father's Day. So welcome to the Father's Day special here in Australia and at the same time we'd like to welcome all our friends around the world and family to the show. Um, I've had recent notification that we're going to countries as wide and varied as Egypt, Brazil, the USA, England, Belgium and Norway and Sweden. So welcome aboard everybody. Um, I hope you're enjoying the show. Today is Father's Day here in Australia and I try to spread the love I guess you could say and today following on from the theme of Mother's Day where I interviewed my mother from an adoptive mother's perspective, today I'm interviewing my dad from an adoptive father's perspective. So welcome to the show Trevor Shepherd. Thanks, Mike. Thank you very much. No worries. It's absolute honour having you on the show. And you're here to tell your version of the story, which uh, is from an adoptive father's perspective. So obviously it starts before you received children when you made the initial decision of taking on an adopted child as a, as yep. a parent yourself. A- absolutely, absolutely. It was a big decision, uh, but of course, the way things worked out, that was was uh, what we consider a very good decision, and and we're quite happy with the way things have panned out over the years. When you decide to adopt, you never know how things are going to work out. But from our perspective, we're more than happy with the way things have panned out. Oh, I'm quite happy about that, and I'm sure Kylie is as well. I guess, <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. So. When you're in discussions, how did those 
talks go? Who brought up the idea? Was it uh, you or Mum? Well, it, it, it was sort of a joint decision. Like, we were married in 1967. I married a very wonderful young lady. Um, and by 1970, uh, my wife, Dalvin, uh, she was not pregnant. And, of course, it didn't concern us too much, but we, we'd sort of been trying, but not really trying, if you understand what I mean. Yeah. So we went and saw the doctors and... and, and from a few medical tests and things like this, the doctors told us that they consider adoption was our best option. So we said, okay, well, we're not going to cry over things that can't be. Let, let's pursue what things can be. So we, we went through the adoption program. So we applied through the Department of Child Welfare to adopt that, who they were called in those days, yep. and we filled in the application form. I recall too, on, on the application form, there was a, a couple of boxes where they said, tick, what your preference was. Was it girl or was it boy? And, of course, we looked at each other and we said, no, nah, that can't be right. So we wrote no preference in that spot. And, of course, when we sent the papers in, they said, you can't do that. Really? Yeah, they said, yeah, yeah we can. Yes, we can. We just, no preference. Whatever comes up, you, you do the research, you try and match us up with, with, with a, a child that you think is suitable yep. based on our, our perspective, and they did. So they come back to us after that and they said that we were the very first people that ever put that on a form. Wow. So that's a little bit of how do you do. Yeah, yeah, I reckon. So that, that, was, that was quite, if you call it the achievement, we, we just thought... We didn't have to have to nominate, especially for a first child. Yeah. Maybe for a second or third or whatever, but, but for a first child, we said, under normal circumstances, you don't know anyway for a normal pregnancy. So we said, Absolutely. That's, our, that's our outlook, and we're yep. quite, quite happy with putting no preference. Mm. Cool. So we went along with it, so that's how things panned out. So it, it was just, just one of those things. Mm-hmm. But I recall... Well, this was back in 71, 1971, so by early January 1972, I remember Dalvin would sit on our front steps because we hadn't heard from anybody. Mm-hmm. And she'd sit on the front steps, she'd hear the postie come through with, along, along our street with a motorbike, mm-hmm. and she'd sit on the front steps waiting for the mail. Yeah, right. And she was, she was getting a little bit anxious, but we said, look, we'll hear one day, everything's fine. Anyway, um, we waited and waited and waited. Anyway, then on the 22nd of February, 1972, mm-hmm. we got a knock on the door. Yeah, right. And lo and behold, it was a very good friend of ours that owns the local uh, post office and, and, and general store. Right. And, of course, a telegram went to his house, went to the store. So he... He came bowling up our front steps. He parked in the middle of the road, <laughs> left the door open on the little mini mine, and the door was wide open. We looked, looked down there, and he's used his car parked in the middle of the road. Yeah, right. With the door wide open, and he's banging on our door. Ah. And we opened it, and he's jumping up and down. He, he was so excited. I think he was more excited than what we were at the time. Yeah, right. You know, and, and all he could say was, it's a boy, it's a boy, it's a boy. Look, look at this, you've got a boy. And <laughs> it was the, so that, so that was the introduction of knowing that we had a little boy in our hands. Yeah, right. So 
Well, that's pretty cool. So that that was that was uh, one of those Ubuid moments. Yeah. So the very next day, we went down to Manly Hospital. The next day. The next day, yeah. Well, the telegrams had come down the next day, so that's when we did. Yeah, right. So we went down to Manly Hospital and, and, and picked you up. So that little fella, that's me. Yeah, that that was you. That was that was. He was ready to go. Absolutely, absolutely. So, and and at that time, I, th- I think you you, you uh, I can't recall how old you were. Three weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you weren't very old, but but I was ready. That you were you were ready to come, and they matched you up with. Uh, all the applicants that, that they had at the time, and they decided that we were it, so you beaut. There we go. So, yeah, so we've got that there. So um, that that's how things panned out. And we were told at, 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 when, at the hospital when we picked you up that your birth mother, um, she had one week if she wanted to to change her mind, so we had to bring you back within a week if, if, if your birth mother actually said. Yeah. I want you back, but I mean, she never did anyway. But but yeah. we were quite pleased with it. So at the time, how much information were you given about my birth mother? Uh, pretty well, not much at all. Very very little, very little. With high colour, a little bit of medical history and things mm-hmm. like, but not a great deal at all. No. Right. So it's all pretty cloudy, really. At at that particular time, yeah, it was really uh, reasonably vague. Yeah, yeah. told a little bit hair colour, uh, nationality, and a few other things, but but we didn't get very much. Mm-hmm. So that was the day there. So um, we come home, and I recall that night, the first night you come home. I mean, we're all pretty tired. I didn't get much sleep because because I remember staying awake most of the night. Mm-hmm. Waiting for you to start your little cry. Yeah, meaning you were hungry. Have a feed. So I, I got up and I, I, we already had the bottles and everything sorted out. So I got up and I was sitting on the edge of the bed and Delvin opened eyes and said, "What are you doing?" I said, "Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm feeding that little baby." <laughs> she she was quite put out about that because she thought that she should have been doing it first. But yeah, right. but I beat her to the punch. <laughs> so. So that was that was just one of those things that, that the way things panned out. But Dalvin was pretty tired and she was exhausted. We'd do a lot of running around. I can imagine. Uh, so yeah. So, um, but that's how um, it was on that day. So you you're a wonderful little baby, and, and everything every worked out quite well. well. That's good. So when you got the letter or the telegram, and yeah. how ready were you? Did you? Well, were you like? I guess where I'm coming from is. Did you have a good idea that you were going to get this telegram anytime soon, so that you could prepare? Um, well, well, we we'd, we'd been prepared since we put the application in. We, we had right. little beds and blankets and, and and all the bottles and all the all the all the formulas and everything else. So we we were prepared, mm-hmm. uh, but we didn't know when things things would actually happen. Right. So uh, we, we was just waiting. I suppose it was a waiting game. Yep. Um, so that's how things things worked out uh, all with us kind of thing, yeah. Right. So, but, but on on the application form we, for the child welfare for the adoption agency, we did originally put down that we were prepared to have three children. Right. So that that was okay. Um, 
Because at the time, that, that's what our thoughts were. Yep. So we said, we're happy with three kids. And, and of course, the adoption back then was a lot easier than what it is today. Yeah. Um, so there was a real cultural difference back then too, wasn't there? Yeah, absolutely. How would you describe the culture regarding newborn and the situation of that? So what I mean by that is the stigma around unwedded mums, single mothers, that type of thing? What was the general talk about town, I guess? What was that like? Well, a lot of times it wasn't really talked about too much and, and if it did go on, a lot of people weren't aware of it. Right. Um, you know, but, but from our perspective, uh, all our family knew that you were adopted, all yep. our friends knew that we were adopted and, yep. uh, and everybody would, uh, had no problem with that. They all... Accept you and greeted you like they were, you were our, our own kids, and um, we're quite grateful for them uh, accepting you the way they did. Mm. It was very good, and so am I. And Kylie is too. Yeah, I absolutely, would assume absolutely. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, yeah. Because the result of that, and one thing I've said a lot over these podcasts <coughs> is that we're the result of other people's decisions. Absolutely, and that decision made me feel not special, like I was part of the crew, which was all I could ask for. Well, I know that when you went to school, there was quite a few kids in your school, in your classroom even, that were adopted. And everyone tended to mix with everyone else without any mm. stigma at all. No. I don't remember there being much stigma, which no. is good. No, that, that was right, yeah. So, so it, it was all good. Mm. So yeah, so so we we were quite happy with with you as a little baby. Uh, mm-hmm. you, you were quite a, a reasonably good baby. You didn't cry very much at all as babies go. Um, so we had we had a, a wonderful time. Cool. And then on the second of May in nineteen seventy four, which is a, a couple of years later. Yep. So just uh, before we get to this part. Yep. On the application form or, or with the communication that you had with the department, did you nominate any particular age gap between the children that you were looking no, to adopt? No, not at all. Not at all, no. Okay. Uh, just just the way things panned out and, and we'd, as I said, we'd put an applic- on the application form uh, requesting three kids. We, we were quite happy to have three kids. Our house was big enough to have mm-hmm. three kids and... We, we thought, yep, that'll be fine. Okay. So it could have been six months, 12 months, 18 months. It, it, it could have been. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. Um, but the time was? But the time was in, 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 in May 1974. Now, at that time, in our, in, our, in our house, in our new house, we then had the telephone on. Right. So, so we got a phone call this time. Okay. Uh, in 1974... Uh, from the adoption agency again, the same, same people were still processing our, our paperwork, mm-hmm. and uh, they said, we've got a little girl for you, because I, th- I think their procedure is, well, because we had a boy, we'll give you a girl next time. I think that was that was the way they did it. We, okay. did, we didn't nominate, as yep. I said before, yep. but that's how they did it. So we, we got a phone call to say, we've got a lovely little girl, and she needs a home. Right. Good. So... That's how it worked out. So they said the only problem 
Not really a problem. They said she's quite a healthy little girl, but she's got what they call a hole in the heart. Right. And that's where there's a particular valve, the minute a baby's born, that valve closes. Right. But in her case, and, and it's reasonably common, if you call it common, uh, for it not to, not to close properly. But they said everything should be okay. We'll just monitor it. It's not really a serious problem. Mm-hmm. But if you don't want it, that's okay. They, they told us that. And uh, they said, oh, no, no, no. We said, we'll, we'll take it, we'll take it. it. It's all good. So we brought her home. Well, actually, when we went to pick her up on, on that day at... Um, Royal North Shore Hospital. You were two, two, uh, you were two years and three months old, mm-hmm. and you come with us. You, you right. were in the car with us when we went to pick Kylie up. Okay, so that was cool. So uh, it, it, on on the way home, you you developed a little bit of a temperature. Oh, like a, a kind of a fever thing. So okay. we, we we took it to the doctors the next day. Yep, and. The doctors told us that you had tonsillitis. Ah. Uh-huh. He said, that's not too bad, but that's where the fever was. Right. So we, we sort of watch out for it, but you were four years old before you actually had your tonsils out. Yeah. So it wasn't a big deal, but you had a little bit of a fever, but mm-hmm. everything was good. Mm-hmm. So, but anyway, the next day after we brought Kylie home from the hospital, it turns out she wasn't very well either. Oh. And it turns out that she had bronchitis. Oh, God. Yeah. So, and, and, of course, we took her to the doctors and the doc- doctor said, well, she should go back to the hospital. Okay. We said, oh. She's spent so much time in hospital since she was born, poor little thing. So we said, do we have to? Could we, could we do something at home? He said, take her home and put her in the bathroom and steam the room. He said, the steam will help things. So that's what we did. We took her home, put her in the bathroom, got the fry pan out, filled it with water and filled the bathroom full of steam with a fry pan. So that, that's how we steamed it and we, we took turns of nursing her and looking after her and stuff. Within 24 hours, the bronchitis had broken and, and she was quite quite happy. She was, wow. she was wonderful. She'd come good straight away. In less than 24 hours, she was really good. Yeah, right. I've got to say at this point, though, everybody don't take that as... Potential medical advice. No, Please no, seek I think proper the, the, professional advice the, 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 for your babies. But, but that's what we did, and yeah. the, the doctors said, "Well, it's not too bad, but just try that and see how it goes." So we did, yeah. it and it worked fine. Cool. So th- that worked for us. Yep. Uh, a little bit of steam, and it was wonderful. So that that was that was really really good. So did anything happen, or did you get any communication about the third baby? Um, no, only, only just just a little the 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 general stuff, right? Like like um, where the mother, well, not necessarily where she lived, but a little bit of a history, like. Uh, so you got a bit of history about Kylie's birth parents. Yeah, we we got a little bit, but not a, but not a great deal, right? Um, you know, um, later on you could do a you do a search and get birth certificates and things like this, um, mm. which had a little bit more information on it, right? But at the time, we didn't didn't get a, a, a great deal. Okay. Um, and, of course, when Kylie was six months old, she went back in for another checkup mm-hmm. to see whether the, the heart valve had closed. But it hadn't closed. It was, it was still open. But they right. said, uh, it's okay. okay. We'll just keep watching it. 
Right. So when she was 18 months old, we went for another scan and, and at that time when she was 18 months old, she was she proved that the, the hole in the heart had fixed itself, right. which they told us it would, Yeah. and um, she was fine. Cool. No more problems at all, so every, everything was good. Right. So it was, it was, it was but... But I mean, she was a, she was a model baby too. So she was, I mean, every family has a little bit ups and downs and, and do's and don'ts. But mm-hmm. by, by all in all, in the broad sense of the term, you were both wonderful kids. We thought you were anyway. So. Yeah. Oh, that's good. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, so, you're still talking to us both. Yeah, so yeah, absolutely. That's yeah, the main so, thing. Yeah. So yeah. So as we were growing up, did you notice any? Anything untoward or anybody uh, treating us differently as we were growing up? I mean, it's one thing to have the the knowledge of that that we were adopted when we were babies, but as we were growing up, did you notice anything that could have been seen as a little bit odd? No, not at all. No. All our all our family and all our friends uh, they were they were quite open about it and, mm. and we made no secret of it. We told you and Kylie at a very early age you could understand that you were adopted. Yep. And uh, we didn't hide that from anybody and all our family and friends knew. Yep. And we thought, well, that's the, that's the best approach. We didn't want to hold any secrets from you or anything like that. It, yep. It was, it was um, just one of those things. Cool. And of course, when it come around to um, christening babies and stuff, well... Well, I mean, christenings are usually straightforward, and with Kylie too, it was it was a straightforward process. It will yeah. call, it a, call it an event more than the process. And yeah. event. but the thing is, we liked the name of Kylie. Yeah. But we didn't like the way the, the name was spelt with K Y L I E. Yeah. And we didn't like the words L I E being lie in an, in a person's name. So we we changed the spelling of it to K Y L double E. Yeah. Simply because we didn't like the word L-I-E yep. in a name. But we're still happy with the name. Yeah, yeah. So that was just another little thing that we did. Yep. Um, we, we talked about it, not too seriously, but we said, oh, yeah, we like the name, but this is how we'll spell it. Yeah. Cool. So it was just, just one of those little things, yep. little quirks that people do from time to time. Yep. Happens. Yeah, it's a- absolutely right. Our yeah. um, second guest... Uh, it was named Kylie, K-Y-L-E-E. Yeah. So shout out to Kylie and Bruce out there. I know you guys listen to the show and, and thank you again for your support. And I guess moving on, so I think I was about 19 or 20 when the laws changed in New South Wales where people could access their original birth certificates and find out a bit more, and and then the commun- the lines of communication were also opened for birth parents to contact their children and vice versa. Um, I think at this point, not necessarily talking about the decisions that were made at the time, um, but how did you feel when you found that out? We were quite happy. If if you wanted to pursue your your birth parents or your birth mothers, uh, to find out more, we yep. were quite happy to support you. Yep. We, we told you that at, at the time, um, and a lot of it depends. You had a lot of serious thinking you have to do within yourself mm. to decide if you want to go down that road. 
Yeah. Uh, but we said, if that's what you want to do, we'll help you with any way we can. And um, if, you, if you want to find out a little bit more information from your, your natural, your, your birth mother or, or even your birth father, we're prepared to, um, to stand by your side. No, thank you. That was good. Uh, yeah, and that we, we, that was the same with Kylie too. If she yeah. wanted to pursue it, there was no problem whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, because I think uh, you need a little bit of closure or self-satisfaction and you also got that question that's above your head, what if, if yeah. I'd done this, what if I'd pursued that? Or you might be happy just where you are and say, look, they walked away from me, so that that's where it ends. You, you, it depends. A lot of people have different ideas yeah. about what to do and what not to do. In most cases, it works out fine, but sometimes the circumstances don't work out fine. Yeah, and it's just just the path you're prepared to take. Yeah, and you can never tell. I mean, it's the same thing in life in general, even uh, and on less on a lot lesser scale. If you're changing your careers, you don't know what you're in for until you walk through that door. You don't know. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so it's an interesting story, but I think the burning desire to find out is a lot greater than just changing jobs, and I don't mean anything by uh, comparing the two. That's not a comparison at all. No. Um, but the you don't know what you're going to get until you do it. Now... At the time, I can only speak for myself. I'm, I'm not going to speak for Kylie. Um, her story is hers to tell. Um, and I've been asked a few times to tell my story. I'm not going to tell that today. It's not the point. This is my dad's story. Um, but it does tie in together. And at the time that change was made to the legislation, I made a decision not to pursue looking for my birth mother or my birth father. I let it go through to the keeper, so to speak. Now, at that time as well, I made that decision. I was happy with it and moved on with life. And then it wasn't that long after, was it? It wasn't that long. Absolutely. um, Where we received a letter. Mm -hmm. So the time... Between when you received the letter and you told me, what tell us about that and how that unfolded. Oh. That's a pretty quick. <laughs> was it a holy shit moment or? Well, it, it was. It was something we didn't expect. It yeah. just come out of the blue, and we were wondering whether we should actually tell you. Right. And we thought, well, in all fairness. You need to know. Yeah. Um, we did sort of say, well, we can't keep it a secret forever. Uh, it, if there's something here, we'll, we'll let Michael make the decision whether he wants to pursue this further. Yeah. I'm um, glad you did because if you didn't, I reckon I would have been pretty dirty. Well, that's right too. We, we, sort, of, we sort of talked about it, but in our own minds we knew the, the right thing for us to do was to tell you it, and that's what we did. Yeah. So it, it was just... It's almost a, a no-brainer to say, no, we wouldn't tell you because we're not that sort of people. We'd like to keep things open. Yeah. Um, and and uh, the decision ultimately was going to be yours. Yeah. And 
yeah, so that um, decision was made, and yeah, next minute. Yeah, very good, yeah. <coughs> so, and then it unfolded from there, and that is, I guess, time, that story, I guess, may or may not be told, who knows? I'm, I should keep that one up my pocket. Um, but um, I think it's already uh, it's already out there that I met my birth mother, um, and yeah, she came over to our house. Um, and were you there at the time, or was it just mum? I, I I think I was at work. Right. Yeah, I think so. So, you did did you meet her that first time? Were you? At work for the whole lot? I, no, I, I, not the first meeting. I didn't, didn't meet her, I don't think. Right. But you ended up meeting her, though, didn't I, you? I did, yeah. Yeah, eventually, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, cool. How comfortable were you with that? It was a little bit awkward. Yeah. Uh, not knowing what to say. Not, and, and a lot of things went through your mind, like, why did you do this? Yeah. Without knowing the answers and yeah. without knowing the reasons why. But a lot of... Questions went through our minds. Yeah. Because from your birth mother's perspective, she probably thought at the time she was doing what was best for you. Yeah. And I think as well um, there was a stigma around as well. Um, a, a little uh, bit, being a sing- especially if, yeah. if you're a single mum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that, um, that – and that's where I kind of am curious about the way society was yes. in the early 70s and late 60s and, and how that uh, type of stigma or taboo was even yep. uh, handled in society because it clearly uh, made an effect on the decision that affected my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's oh, not just me, but hundreds of thousands of other Absolutely. people. Absolutely. So, yeah, last week we had uh, Sandra on who was going through the forced adoption unwritten policies that were dictated by the, the culture of the day. She was adopted in 1971, so it was very much the same culture. And yeah, it's, very, uh, it's a very twisted tale in that, so many individuals make up a society that nobody has the complete 100% right answer and nobody is 100% wrong the other way. Absolutely. So there's so many different uh, shades of grey in there, but in the end the uh, the taboos tend to make up the decisions and you, I guess avoiding controversy is something that people tend to try to do because um, it's it's a strong person that attracts controversy and we don't like to do that. Um, and, yeah, so is there anything else that you'd like to cover? Well, I, I think we've pretty well covered pretty well most aspects. Like there's a lot of little things that happen in people's lives. Yeah. Uh, sometimes you remember them, and sometimes you don't. But they're still hidden memories. Yeah. And they're all wonderful memories from our perspective. They're all wonderful memories. Yeah. 
So, but, I, but I would like to say that looking back now, 50 years on from when all this took place, uh, reflecting back on those early days, I would just like to say how proud we are, that's Delvin and I are, with you and Kylie, uh, and of the joy and happiness that you've brought us over the years, and that includes five wonderful grandchildren. Absolutely. So, absolutely, thank you very much, Michael. My pleasure. Um, And thank you for giving me your time. Obviously, what I should also say is this is the – this is – Oh, we could nearly make this season two because this is the very first interview that I've done in the new studio that you helped me build, Dad. So who better than to have you as my first guest? <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much, Michael. Yeah. It's, it's more than my pleasure. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's been a wonderful ride so far and I, I can't see it ever ending. Yeah. No, it's, um, yeah, I, I'm the same. I, I've... Um, I'm happy that I've ended up where I am. Um, there's always the sliding door moments and the fantasies about what would have happened and then you get a glimpse of what would have happened and then you know that you're in a good place and um, that's that's about it. Um, now, before we go, um, I always ask of you, my guest, my dad, have you got any advice for for anybody who's about to go down the same road that you've travelled? Oh, absolutely. Well, it, 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 it's hard to give advice because everyone has to look at their own circumstance. Yeah. Uh, and it, it depends on your personal circumstance as to what you do next. Yeah. Uh, but usually family and, and close friends will be probably... And even, even doctors, if doctors are involved, to give you some more positive advice uh, as to where to go. But from our perspective, um, the medical advice told us that we couldn't have any children. So this to us was, was uh, absolutely, we've got no problem doing what we did, applying for adoption. And we relish this with open arms. It's it's made our life complete, made our house into a home, mm-hmm. and it's made for us everything complete. Cool. Yep. It's been a wonderful journey. Well, I'm glad I've been able to add instead of give you grey hairs and take away. <laughs> <laughs> and um and yeah, you've and I guess I, before we really finish up, um, it's an opportunity as well to discuss. The um, another one of the themes that run through these conversations is nature versus nurture. Now, you're my dad, and we're two totally different people. But I see that I've got character traits that I've got from you, uh-huh. and I think that if you look at my ethics and morals, I'm pretty adamant that I get them from you. However. I don't like motor cars and tinkering in engines and fixing things that are electronic and unravelling those things, whereas you live and breathe by that. Well, absolutely. From way back, I can remember pulling things apart, putting them back together again. Yeah. And I think one of the early days I pulled an old grandfather clock at home, pulled it apart and, and couldn't get to work after that. 
Right. But but I find pulling apart. <laughs> but but it, just to see how it worked. Yeah. It, it, it was it was a, a, a learning curve, but I, I like tinkering with things. I yeah. Like fixing things. Um, and and you're probably the opposite to a degree, but that doesn't mean that your morals and standards can't be no, well, where they are today. Yeah. And and there is a difference. It would be a shame if everybody in the world could do the same job. Absolutely. It would be such a shame. Yeah. That's why everyone has a different perspective and everyone yeah. can do different things. Yeah. And, and that's what makes the world go around. Yes, indeed. Yes. Well, and yin and yang and all that good stuff. So it, Absolutely, yeah. Everything balances out. Absolutely. All right. Well, on that note, I want to thank you again for being episode number 21. Uh, or should it be episode one of season two? <laughs> Absolutely. Let's go with season two because we're opening a brand new recording studio. So I hope the sound has come through tip top. Um, there's still a few more finishing touches to go and the sound's only going to get better, folks. So um, thanks for being along for the ride. Thanks, Dad. Thank you, Michael. I'm really pleased you gave me the opportunity to say a few things and I, I hope that other people will listen and be prepared to tell their story as well. Yep. Uh, everyone has a story, and every story, to a big degree, is different. Absolutely. And 100%. the reasons behind it are also different. Yeah. Yep. And, and, and there's no good reason or there's no bad reason. It's just, just the way things pan out. Yep. Yep, that's it. Cool. Alrighty. Thank you. Uh, my pleasure, Michael. That was my dad, Trevor Shepard, and let's make it official. That's season two, episode one of the Adoption Chronicles, and dad gave us the perspective of an adopted father, and for those that are interested in my story, another couple of little hints to keep the appetite wet for maybe when I tell it. As always, if you have a story that you want to tell, uh, please uh, drop us a message through Facebook Messenger. Um, I try to get back to everybody. And until next time, bye for now. Cheers. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.